Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for being here with us. I just think that the Eagles are more equipped to make a run at Deshaun Watson than any team out there. He also, by the way, said that if you put Deshaun Watson on the Eagles, they become a Super Bowl contender right away. It, could he go to Philadelphia? Absolutely, he can go to Philadelphia. They, no have, they have the capital to they, make the They deal. have the capital. Does he want to go to Philadelphia? Philadelphia has a history of accepting and working with players that have had issues in the past, most notably Michael Vick yep. under Andy Reid, but mm-hmm. under Jeff O'Leary. And welcome to another episode of the Turn Up For What podcast, talking your Houston Texans straight from the Great British Isles, and it's training camp Eve's Eve, I think, this week. Uh, we're edging ever so closer to training camp, um, and a returning guest joining me this week, trying to mop up some of the off-season and get into some of those training camp storylines. I've uh, been on the show a couple of times, but not for a while. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing all right, thanks. I'm doing all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. I was just saying that. It's been a strange year, uh, Texans and non-Texans related, and a quick one, I suppose, as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I spent so much of the 2020 season shaking my head. I think I injured my neck. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that that's over now. Um, and you know what? We've, we've got a season coming up that's maybe um, one where the expectations are set so low Um it's not going to be disappointing, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah, so Mike, as as a day job, as a PR professional, yep. um, if that's what you want to go by, um, but I suppose you're probably uniquely placed, better than I am anyway, to talk about you know this team who's in bad need of some positive PR and positive messages yeah. um, around it. What? For, so even if you just take take the if you take the whole off season, yeah. Yep. Uh, what would you say went wrong with their strategy? Because it feels like it's just avoid, ignore, um, and obviously some of the legal the legal elements come in and just uh, the legal elements make it really really interesting. So um, there's there's to start with, there's no easy way out of this from a PR perspective. Um, so everybody involved in it has an interest in damage limitation. Um, the Texas organization, the Texas organization is, is never going to come out and defend Watson. Um, if they don't know the extent of what's going to come out of the woodwork. Um, so they'll be primarily focused on their own reputation and then and then defending their investment in Watson and then maybe Watson himself in that order, um, especially considering that, you know, he's already signaled that he was off. Um, from Watson's perspective, he's really, there's not a lot more than he, he can do than he's doing. So he's keeping a low profile. Um, and he'll be preparing either for a heartfelt apology uh, or some sort of exoneration statement. Um, but, you know, the, the club will refuse to comment on anything that's got an outstanding legal case attached to it. Um, you know, any valuation of Watson is now based on a, a worst-case scenario as well. So he and the Texans will be waiting for, for all of this to sort of pan out or at least get to a point where you can you can predict how it's going to pan out before before making any other move. And their PR is just going to reflect that. So there, is, there really isn't anything good that they can do. Um, 
sometimes sometimes in PR that's that's the case. Um, I'm sure that he and his management have had some frank conversations about worst case scenarios. Um, and this is this is pure speculation, but you know, as he's he's hinted that he still has plans to play in the NFL this season. Um, it may, does this mean that he feels confident that a settlement can be reached, or that the charges have no substance, or, or at least you know um, that they're, they're minor? Um, who knows? I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of charges. There, there are something like 22 complainants. Um, so you know, I guess the question isn't necessarily whether something has gone on, but how bad that something. But nobody's going to touch him until that's clear. And you know, from a PR perspective, it, it's really just a waiting game you know damage limitation sometimes damage, damage limitation is, is keeping your mouth closed until you've got something useful to say and I don't think anybody's got anything useful to say I really don't um, I guess the only the only difference might have been if the the relationship wasn't a complete write-off um, then maybe the, the two camps would have maybe got their heads together a little bit more um, maybe he'd have kept his head down in the same way but maybe he'd have trained you know um, he could even potentially have played a game um, you know, while the legal cases are working out, but they're, they're progressing so slowly. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really difficult one. It may, may well be that even if he wasn't planning to leave, the Texans would want to keep him at an arm's length. We don't know what we don't know. Um, they obviously will have a much better idea of how, how this is going to progress. Um, but I, I do get the impression that the fact that he seems to he seems to want to still move on and he seems to think that he might still get to play this season, it makes me think that he's got some confidence um that it's not going to be as bad as it could be but i mean it's you know from from a pr perspective it's just damage limitation and sometimes it's better to say nothing if you've got nothing good to say because you'll just be held against that whatever you say you'll be held against that yeah and you wonder just yeah in his mind you know and you know could two people can look at the situation completely different you wonder in his mind does it actually at any point does he think he actually did anything wrong um yeah, I mean, it, you know, and that was- it could be career-ending. If, if he believes that he's done something that bad and it's going to come out, then he wouldn't, I think, that he wouldn't be still... I, I think he'd probably want to stick with the Texans for as long as possible and get something out of that. But I think the fact that he's still looking to move on and he's still he's still making noises in that direction. I mean, I think there was a, a podcast or something recently with, is it Kareem Jackson, said that he, that he knew... Um, Watson well and they were good friends and Watson was talking about wanting to go to the Broncos or something like that I mean he wouldn't be pushing he wouldn't be allowing that sort of information to come out even if it was indirectly it was clearly something that he wanted to come out um, he wouldn't be doing that if he thought it was going to be that bad that his career was over um, and you know and the way things are at the moment you know it, it's a very it's not exactly a fine line I mean if, if these if the charges come out and they're significant then you know his career could well be over, but he's, he's acting like it isn't. So he must know, he must be confident that it isn't, or he's deluded himself. I mean, that's the other, you know, that's possible, I suppose. But he's got a lot of people around him that know about about damage limitation. He's got a lot of legal advice. He's probably got, you know, the, all the all the decent legal advice that money can buy. So he must have some confidence that, you know, a lot of these these class action suits with like they end up with lots and lots of people being added to it. Could be that quite a lot of these twenty-two are, are, are sort of people just jumping on the bandwagon and it's and don't really have a claim. But there's got to be something there, I would say. Um, but but how bad it is, only only they know. Yeah, and you want you wonder as well. I think I, I think he's been adv- advised badly by his agent um, because obviously they would have had sight of this well before yeah. they would have known something about it. And I think you know this this sort of stuff goes on all the time, right? Pro athletes, pro you know top end yeah. music stars, they think they can do what the hell they want. 
um, you know, with, you know, and 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 get away with it. But those it, days it, are it's, those it's, days are, are not are, are kind of over though. I mean, that was it was it yeah. was probably the case as recently as ten years ago that that you know camera phones they get yeah. away with it. But now it's it's not it's not the it's not the case now. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. But I think I think that if he was sticking close to the Texans, I think that it might have panned out slightly differently. But I think even then, the Texans organization would have been relatively quiet you know the best thing you get out, out of someone in this sort of incident certainly in this country would be that you know we, we can't comment well there's a well there's a well there's some sort of invest investigation going play uh, taking place it's it's not it's not appropriate to comment and you know you can you can have charges leveled against you that you're trying to inf- influence the investigation um you don't come out of it smelling good um, so you've got to yeah. you've got to keep quiet. So it's a difficult one. There's no magic wand, unfortunately. I've been asked this question in in my in my work life. Sometimes some some real stinkers come and can you can you get us out of it? And sometimes it's not a case of getting out of it. Sometimes it's a case of just making sure that the collateral damage isn't so bad. Yeah, and you, you wonder as well because you've got like the agency that have obviously just kind of let it slip, and and obviously I'm sure they regret that now. Yeah, you've got the team who've kind of avoided it. Uh, but then you've also got the lawyer as well, like Busby, the 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 lawyer for the complainants. You know, he's even on his honeymoon, I think. I or saw that. Some yeah, yeah. He made a yeah messaging. You know, reasonably crass, reasonably unprofessional, unethical, yep. bordering on perhaps. I'm not that familiar with Harris County law, but you know, I think it's it's so complicated. But it, I think when there's so much money involved, yep. there's obviously agendas, etc. Yeah, you've got show think, business. There's you, that much money involved. It's show business, yeah. and the and the lawyer Busby's going to be. You know, he's got his own reputation. He wants to be seen as the person to go to if you if you've got something on a, on somebody who's who's rich and powerful or rich and famous. He wants to be so he's he's doing his own advertising as well as as well as actually you know taking on the case. He's, he's advertising these services. So he's you know I, I think only in America you've got you've got lawyers like that who are also celebrities. Um, it, it's it's unprofessional. Certainly, I, I I don't I'm pretty sure that wouldn't wouldn't happen in this country. It would be seen as a as, as something that that might even jeopardize a case but it's a different kettle of fish over there and i think i suppose you've got i think you've got an interesting dynamic as well because i think you know texas in many ways and part of the reason why i like it you know for better or worse but it's a bit of a bastion of perhaps what some of the societal views and pressures in this country used to be like you know probably a bit you know probably a bit further ago in terms of time scale because yeah. i think you, I, i've noticed a huge difference in reaction from people you know, watching it out with, you know, Texas and America. Yeah. And you've got this huge sort of virtue signaling, moral, you know, jump, you know, you know, want to be shown as the utmost of morality. You know, if you look at that Christian Erickson thing, right, when he went down on the yeah. Euros for Denmark. Yeah. And actually the bigger trend on Twitter was people's outrage at what the camera showed, not any condolences towards somebody who nearly lost their life. So I think that just probably gives you a good sort of temperature yeah. check of where kind of people are you know and, and just that they've almost been trained they've almost trained themselves it's embedded them into this kind of opinion of i need to be outraged over them yeah that's a social and media I, that's a social media thing everyone yeah. wants to be seen as to be, being the lead voice on the outrage and getting in there first yeah. uh, it just it does amplify a lot of that and, and it's heavy-handed i think at yeah. times because you think because i saw mike Meltzer and he's been on before and he said you know judge me for you know for what you like of this but unless he's criminally convicted yeah. you know that's that's why that system exists I don't see any possible scenario where the Texans are better off trading them. And I think, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying I don't care yeah. that these allegations have been levelled at them, but I do care most of all 
about this football team being good. Yeah. You know, and look, if, if, if there's a punishment to be had, that's a system that plays out and that'll take care of itself. Yeah. Well, that's but for where I think... Books, though, right? yeah. that's, that's, why, that's why there's been no, you know, they're still hanging on to him because, yeah. because there's capital to be made from him somehow, he, even if he never plays for them again. You know that that contract is worth money. Um, so yeah, that you know, and they're going to be they're, they're going to want to protect that. And I, I don't blame them at all. I don't blame them at all. Um, yeah. And I, but that's why that's why that's why nothing's going to happen <laughs> until until yeah. this is done. You know, his his value is low. His his value now will be based on whatever the worst case scenario is. And the Texans know that. And anybody that that might be interested in him will be looking to get an absolute bargain, and maybe maybe gamble on the fact that it's going to be okay. Um, the, you know, so the Texans are going to are going to want to hang on, even if it turns out that it was a minor thing, and you know they put it down to youthful exuberance, and 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 he apologises, and everybody accepts that. Then he, you know, then his stock's going to have gone right back up again, and they're going to get something decent for him. Um, yeah, and that's that's what they need. I think. How do you get his stock back up though? Because I think the only way you do that is reassert his his presence on the field. Yeah. Um, and I, look, I think people are smart enough not to. You know, in front offices, you know, and there's probably a handful of candidates, like you mentioned, Denver, Miami, Philadelphia, potentially yeah. the Giants, um, and then Carolina was obviously the, the big interest. And um, I think other teams have drafted. They'll probably be San Francisco, Chicago. They've probably outed themselves in the process, unless something goes, you know, horrendously wrong yeah. with, with their draft selections this year and year one, which hard to see. But, I mean, Miami are in a position where they're, you know, they're basically effectively touting that they don't think two is good enough, can't throw outside the numbers. They need to upgrade that position if they want to, you know, progress and get the best out of it, which is a decent roster. Yeah. So, but I think, you know, do, does he need to come back to play games at some point? I've been thinking about that more and more recently, and I heard a couple of people talking about it this week. But, you know, is there a is there a need for him to come back and play to reassert his stock? Now, it's probably not the best team to do it on. Um, um, it certainly wasn't last year. Um, yeah. So if you look at last year, then probably not. <laughs> if you, I, I think, I think he. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll play for the Texans again. I don't think so. Um, and I don't think. I don't think the Texans will want him back either. Um, even, even. I mean, they've made all the arrangements, knowing that he's he's not available. Um, and I think putting him back into the mix will upset things. I think maybe. Um, but I think he he seems to think that he'll he seems to think that he'll get maybe get a trade this this season uh, somewhere somehow. It would be very useful for him to play. How many, how many, you know, top end, top end players like quarterbacks have gone out for more than a season and and not, and not lost some some pace or lost, you know, they've never come back exactly the same. They've never come back as good. So he needs to play. He needs to play those games. Whether he can get, you know, he's obviously still he's obviously still training himself. You know, he, he's he's made a point of posting those videos and posting that, you know, those those photographs. But yeah, um, it's it's a, it's I don't know. No one's going to want to touch him yet. Uh, but they all know they're yeah. no, nobody. None of the you know they'll they'll all have their sort of moral and ethical considerations. But those are and this is going to sound really cynical. Those are only really on the surface. Those are those are PR things. So oh, yeah, these yeah, guys yeah, are going to yeah. be yeah. cold cold headed, looking at how good he is and looking at his stats and looking at his his potential and whether he fits into their team. And that that's going to be the first thing. And then you're going to have somebody arguing. Maybe the moral argument comes second, and that might override whether or not they they want him. But um, they're not going to be looking at that, and they know him, and they know what he's capable of. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a well, yeah. I think it's like any big sort of. You got thirty-two billionaire yeah. owners who wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire as a fan. They don't care. You know, what I no. mean, it's uh, no. they're, they're there to yield an investment, yeah. and 
and they're billionaires because they continue to get richer every day they wake up and uh and you know maybe arguably not cal and the, the sick i mean I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that quote in the irishman al pacino when he's playing jimmy hoffa and he says there's one people you know he's talking about jfk and he says there's one people you can't trust in this world and it's millionaires kids so you can't trust millionaires kids well, i don't think you can trust billionaires kids even less perhaps no i would agree with that i, would agree with I that. thought it was pretty pertinent that um but uh I think there's a there, there's definitely got to be like a a, a point of how, of how do they, you know you know can they retain these value? I mean, I, I think in real terms, if you don't let any as you said all that kind of stuff cloud your judgment, is there is there anything in real terms that you can that you can do to to hold you know, hold his value, maintain his value when he's not played because you know he, he wants to play. You know, and there's all the sound as you know if he has to show up, he will show up at some point. Yeah providing you've not heard it from the league and i think that's the that's the sort of flanker on all this isn't it because the league just has sat completely quiet supposedly they hadn't even spoken to Deshaun until july no so they've just kind of sat in the wings not done anything and they'll just wield the axe and 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 whichever way they see fit and i think that that and i suppose they've got a pr element to, to consider as well because you've got to remember that this team was getting teed up yep. to play in germany he was on all the bus stop ads they were really putting money behind him in a, in a German market. He was there that one off season. Obviously, COVID then curtailed a lot of that stuff. But he's done training camps in Austria and around the, those kind of places when he did a tour uh, with his quarterbacks coach Quincy Avery. So you know, they, there's probably an element of contractual value. Um, they were investing in a line of of a market to try and you know reinvigorate the league after all the you know the ill feeling of NFL Europe and all that kind of stuff. So you've got that whole argument there of you know you know. They've got their own PR to look at, but I almost think the league and the commissioner just, you know, you've seen that with Ray Rice, yeah. uh, Zeke Elliott, um, and Adrian Peterson to a degree as well. And there's been other, you know, there's been others as well, but th- there's no hard and fast rules. So nobody knows how they're going to react. And I think that's the big, that's the big red herring and all this. What the hell is the, I, the legal findings going to be from the league? I think the league, I feel like the league are probably looking at it probably more from a PR perspective than anybody else. So, um, obviously, you know, there's there's a value, but the the, the PR PR damage to the league is probably is is a is a big deal to them, especially when they're talking about sort of overseas markets and things like that. Um, but I think they're they're probably waiting to see, same as everybody else, they're probably waiting to see what comes out of the out of the the, the, the suit that that's against him, the twenty two the twenty two claims. You know, what are they, and, and what extent are they? You know, is there is there going to be actual sort of legal you know, uh, is it just a civil suit or is it, is it actually sort of, um, you know, is there a legal thing going on that, that needs to be considered? And I think when, when that's clear, I think then, then they'll act. But, but at the moment, a lot of it is, is, you know, behind closed doors and, 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 and being saved for, for the courtroom. So uh, I think that, I think that, I think they would be willing to, to wield that axe. And I think they'd be willing to be pretty harsh to be able to be seen to be taking a stand. Um, and I think that they would absolutely make an example out of him. I really do. But I think they're just waiting because they're they're hoping, waiting and hoping that it's something that can be turned into a better story. In that you know, if it's a minor enough thing, and if the people that have um, level charges against him can be made to not necessarily go away, but to be be seen to be um, given recompense of, in some way, and if his his apology is heartfelt enough, he can be that. He could be that star that turned it around, you know. He can be the one that 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 sort of is is cleaner than clean going forwards, and 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 he's an example. Um, you know, it can be done. These things can be done, and 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 
you know, people have got really short memories. Um, you know, a few years time, if he does that, and he does it successfully. People will only be looking at what he does on the field. Yeah, and no, nobody told you know. And I wrote an, an article about that right at the start of the off season. How will this all be remembered? And you think you know, does, did anybody bring that up when uh, Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl? No. You know, no. Um, and can the Texans, you know, or the McNairs as a family, if they see themselves as you know bastions of Houston? You know, why can't you turn? You know, redemption's always a lot closer than you think. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, and people like that. Could they not people use like that? Stories, in... You know, as long as well, that's it. Like, everybody does. As long as they don't feel yeah. that there's some some you know injustice that has gone undealt with. You know, as long as they feel like justice has been done, a redemption story is a, is a thing that that is totally is totally doable. I think from this. And and you know, there's there's so much work you could do with you know like these kind of you know so so many charities, so many causes, even just in the local area. If you did that alone, yeah, you know, Watson could front that. And you know, and you think there's ways to turn this around because I talked about that with the guys the other week. He said you've got a quarterback Green Bay who wants out. You've got a, a quarterback who you know leveraged his 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 existence in Seattle and says he wants out as well. Yeah. And you know the resounding answer has been no fucking chance. You know, <laughs> so you know like and and the the the. The legal aspect, I get that that comes into and it adds an element. I just almost think our leadership and our management structure of, of who runs this club isn't. I don't know if they've got broad enough shoulders to take it on, or or, or broad enough vision to see it all at once and just understand it. Look, you know, as you said, Mike, things turn very quickly. People forget, and especially if you start winning, and you're only going to win games, yep. or you're more likely to win a lot of games when you've got number four playing because he's almost impossible to replace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and yeah. it's it's um it's really frustrating. I mean, uh, it, in a way, I I'd know when when he decided he you know he was done with the team and he wanted to leave. It was disappointing in the way that it was done, um, but I could understand it. I could understand it, and I think the the then management of the Texans didn't handle it well either. Um, and you, you were kind of like you, it was disappointing, but you were you, you could kind of see his perspective, and you know you were with him on it. Um, and then when all this came out on top of it and compounded it all, um, just 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 disappointing, right? Just disappointing. But it's not it's not the end. I don't think it's the end of his story unless something comes out in in court that is is an absolute, um, you know, something really terrible comes out. I mean, and that and that's not me, you know, making light of of what what may have happened. But I think um, I think I don't think his story's over at all. Yeah, I think when 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 the name or the or the Ashley Solis complainant came out and, you know, that put a name to her face, you know, and obviously, you know, it's, I think everybody, when you see that, I think, you know, you saw that with the Ray Rice stuff as well yeah. when the video and the elevator came out. And and I think when it becomes visual and it just becomes that little bit more real, yeah. people's opinions start to change and they start to act differently. And I suppose they probably should in a sense because whether you see it written down or you see it visually, you know, you should, you should probably be able to process that information and act yeah. in, and how you need to act in this ball club's interest in terms of the... The franchise moving forward but yeah i think it's just a tough one because the problem is i mean it feels like we've beaten this one to death this off season but it just hangs over this team it does incredibly yeah, um, it does because if nothing else the amount of money that's tied up with him that could be used somewhere else <laughs> you yeah. know we, we we need we need a good trade for with it we, we need something we need something and he's he's like the he's like the the sort of bank account you can't get access to <laughs> yeah it's frozen it's yeah. frozen everything i think because and i think the thing is as well which is frustrating and you wonder if this will make further changes down the line i think it'll definitely happen with this coaching staff at some point but you know you've got a, a sentiment that nothing really changed you know you still got Easter be there we still gave more guarantees to 
a running back in the off season who's past his best. You know, we've got a terrible history given that. You've got the Whitney Merciless contract still dealing with. You've got yeah. Randall Cobb's contract. You've got Brandon Cooks who's had his deal short and you've got Tunsil who's got, you know, got this money up front. So you've got loads of these bad contracts. So we've still not moved on from those. Yeah. We've basically turned our back on the draft. We didn't take loads of undrafted free agents and um, and it feel you know, and it's almost so similar. You know, we, we were quite a heavy-handed trade again for going up for uh, Nico Collins. We've had a heavy-handed trade getting a 33-year-old guy who never played last year to supplant your only good young quality player on this team under the rookie salary cap and tight out potentially. Huh. So it feels like not a lot's changed. So they've not shown that by their actions, Mike, right? Then you've got, they're basically saying for the first time in 20 years, they can't sell their season tickets. They're having open days, they're having all this all this kind of stuff to get people in free bars to try and get them to go and sit in a seat with a beer and on a, you know empty stadium and go, you know, you could be sitting here. But ultimately, if the product's shit, nobody wants it. Right? Yeah, well, I mean, but, normally you get, so on, on Twitter, on, on, on in Reddit, on Reddit, you see... The fans can normally they, they drink the Kool Aid and they get all excited. And even last even last season there was talk that you know it's not going to be as bad as we think it's going to be. Even I think we the last conversation we had we were we were like almost talking ourselves into thinking that things were going to be better than they were. And um, but now it's not like that. People are you know the conversations that are, are being had are like you know do you think the Texans are going to win a game this season? Full stop. Yeah, I've been asked that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a totally different it's a totally different feeling. Um, I mean, you, you've got you've got feel you you've got feel for um, you got a feel for for Casario and Cully because you know they they knew what they were coming into they they knew what they were going to have they knew what they, they knew what they've got um, but you know it's it's what you call a hospital pass right certainly in rugby it's, yeah. it's the it's the it's the thing where you know actually they they probably if if we have a few game a few wins um, then they, they've they've done a good job. <laughs> We just, as long as we're not a complete embarrassment, embarrassment, a complete shambles, then then they've done a yeah. good job. If you can show some some positive aspects, then they've done a good job because um, they're starting from a such a low base. Yeah, and, and winning cures all right, and I was like, that's not going to happen this year in any great stretch. You never know; they might be quite scrappy. You know, we talked about this other week as well that you know they might get just the, the way sport works out sometimes they might win five games versus four last yeah. year but they're arguably a worse roster but I think the, the people are pissed off they can't engage people they can't sell tickets they can't sell suites and then I think that from a PR point of view Mike what did you make of the issue where they've they've basically said you know training camp you can only attend if you're yeah. a season ticket holder that's, a, that's, a, that's an odd one so I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the of the is, is it potentially just to stop the circus you know you, you're reducing there's two things going on there. One is trying to sell season tickets, maybe. <laughs> that's the that's the basic thing. But uh, maybe they're just trying to cut down on the circus. You know, they're they're trying to trying to reduce the the, the audience, just the people that uh, the sort of person that's still happy to buy a season ticket are going to be pro Texans, aren't they? Um, so maybe they're just they're just reducing the the circus and the audience and the and the chatter that's going to be happening around the training camps to people that are perhaps naturally a bit more positive about the team. I think that's that's yeah. the only thing I can think of. Uh, there's, but yeah, my, my, I mean, my criticism, I think, of the team in the last couple of years is when you go. I mean, don't get me wrong. Early kickoffs takes a long time to fill up. Yeah. it's got that sort of sun, you know, that country club feel to it. Yeah. and by excluding, you know, people who may not be able, you know, may not have the financial means yeah. to, you know, buy a ticket or the desire to, yeah. just because it doesn't make you know dollars and cents uh, return, you know, kind of, and makes any kind of sense in that in in, in that way. Then you're kind of excluding. You're almost like sort of ruling out a a, a, a a subsection of your fan base who would like to take their kids along. Yeah, uh, sure. you know, would like to go and introduce them to the team, 
but they might not necessarily buy them a season ticket if you've got a six-year-old yeah, or a seven-year-old, but you might want to buy them a jersey and go and get involved. And I think I think when, when you're at a time where, you, where you've done everything in your power to, to, to mess it up, it feels like you're just you're you're almost it's like cutting your nose off to spite your face. I think. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what season ticket sales figures look like, but it could just be something as simple as that they think that that's just a, a small thing that will will help people make a decision about season tickets. It, it could be something as simple as that because you know you you might sell you might sell the occasional jersey and things to to people, but there's not really a huge benefit to to allowing anybody in there. But there is probably a decent benefit to making it something that's exclusive to season ticket holders. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just don't understand why, you, why you preclude people yeah. from a sinking ship. You know, if, I think <laughs> you should be honoured if anybody wants involved in this, because you've, you've, you know, you've let everybody down who's paid faith in you previously. Yeah, and then to try and you know exclude people from that, I think it's weird because, like you mentioned, jersey sales. I mean, who, who the hell's going to buy a, a, you know, who's going to buy a jersey? What, what player are you going to buy? Well, that was, that was a question that I got. That was a question that I got for you actually. Was you know, if you're yeah. going to buy, and I was thinking, I was, I was going to buy a jersey, and I, and I, and I sat and I looked, I thought, who, who, whose name would I put on a jersey now? Whose name? So you know, for this season, whose name would you put on a jersey? Well, that's it. Yeah, and you're not going to sell any. Um, I think the the only. I was thinking it's the only way, I know Nico Collins was number four at Michigan, so if Watson gets traded, everybody could just slap on the uh, the Collins rather than the uh, the Watson nameplate. I think that's probably the only way you're going to keep people getting the jerseys. I mean, look, at I'm, I've never been a big fan of buying jerseys as an adult, but I think it's, uh, I have done. Um, but I, I think, you know, you've not got you've not got marketable assets in your team. You've always had star power at this yeah. franchise, where it's what, where you know, Clowney to a degree, where it was Tyler Matthew for a season. Um, you know, you've always had that Arian Foster, Andrew Johnson. You've all you know Brian Cushion. You've always had names that people would buy, and I, I don't think you've got that now. And I think that's a big issue for them. They've not got, you know, the, they've shown that the front office is unrelatable to the point where people are asking for a guy who should never be in the limelight to be sacked, yeah. you know, and continuing to every time they put something on social media to be fired, and you know, and and I think from again from a PR point of view, Mike, do you know the Easter Beast thing? It's a strange one, isn't it? Because how do you when you've got such a reticence towards an individual, yeah. you've got such you know vitriol that comes over on every publication, everything you put out, yeah. to the point where the team had to stop an in-house broadcast of questions because all it was was about <laughs> used to be. So, uh, which you know, I'll talk to Drew about that next week. Um, but the the how do you deal with that? Because you know, it, it fair enough if the, if it's an indispensable employee, but I think it's almost like his his influence has grown. Um, so they think he's indispensable, but yeah, he's probably at the heart of their problems. How do you manage that? That's a that's a really really difficult one. I guess the question the question is, do they think he's indispensable? Does he really have the influence that you know? Does he really have that front office influence? And I I, I don't know. I mean, if I if I was if I was if it was me, I'd keep him on just so that we could blame everything on him as things go wrong throughout the season. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? He'd be he'd be the whipping boy, but. Um, I, I don't know. You can't, you you you've got to normally you've got to show show the benefit that he that he brings, right? But I don't see any benefit. And well, they've been refused to do that. I mean, they were asked outright press yeah. conferences, failed to answer the question yeah. miserably. Yeah. Um, so it's it's almost like they can't get out their own way. And I think you know it feels like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I've said this all off season, Mike. And when do you think this team hits rock bottom? And then how? And then what, what's the way out of that? I I think so. I do think that. And this is this is kind of not necessarily a sports thing, but this is from working in in 
businesses that have been owned by private equity and sometimes you end up with with directors executives that are not necessarily good for the business but they absolutely have the confidence of the owners so i think it's a mcnair problem that that used to be there um, yeah. and it's completely and it's not necessarily that everybody else no, nobody else in the in the texans organization can see that it's just that they're stuck with him because because he has the confidence and he, he has the he has the trust of, of the owner, the person who makes the ultimate decision, and they don't always make those decisions based on the understanding of how that how, how how it works. They're kind of separated from it. So if he's if he controls that if he controls that line of communication upwards to the owner, then he has a, he has a position that's almost unassailable. Um, and it, and if if that is the case, then we're sort of stuck with him. <laughs> you know, we're sort of stuck with him. So the only, the only way it's going to get the only way the only way he's going to be be moved, I think, is if is if something happens at ownership level, and either you know they make a huge loss or they, you know, the the, the team is, is is absolutely dire and people start buying tickets completely and it starts to really hit them. That's that's when that's when they start making radical changes. Um, but at the moment, there seems to be still some confidence. Um, you know, they, a lot was blamed on O'Brien, right? And I I still blame a lot on O'Brien. But O'Brien's gone, and and now um, Easterby will be saying that you know, well we've 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 put all these changes in, we've made all these changes, everything's good again, or you know, not necessarily everything's good again, but we've we've got rid of the problem, um, and we've got to rebuild. And and if McNair is okay with that, he's he's still here because we're going to have a whole season where that where where um, expectations are low. So unless something really bad happens, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. There's there's no shock this season, is there? If it goes badly, there's no shock. It's what's expected. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. That people get outraged because they didn't see them only winning four games. Even some of the players didn't even see them four games. Some of the players never experienced that in their lifetime, yeah. you know. And I think it's probably the biggest part of Deshaun thinking, well, we've got no draft picks, got limited salary cap. Um, how are things going to improve very quickly? And the answer is they're not. I mean, no one's going to want to go the... there. I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it? No one's going to want to go there. <laughs> no, no player is going to see that as a move as a move forward, unless they're getting absolutely no games where they are. That no, no, no decent player yeah. is going to think, yeah, that's that's a move up. I see that as a good challenge because, you know, they like a challenge and they like the hero story, but that's that's one that's a bit too unlikely to happen. Um, and you can see that in the free agent signings with me because it's all been one one year, two year deals max. Yeah. People that haven't performed or are coming back from injury, that's their categories. And I know they've said... You wouldn't want to sign any of those people for more than one or two years. <laughs> I mean, no, no, you certainly wouldn't. I think that's 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 right. But I think, you know, they're all... People say high risk, high reward, but I mean, these guys are limited reward at best, you know, and I think that's... that's because everybody's been really quick to praise Casario, um, but I think he's still complicit in all our problems in some ways and you can only judge him, you know, three years down the line. I think yeah. we've got to wait to see... Where it goes, but just the fact we punted on the draft class effectively again for another year, we've just got so few, you know, quality young players coming through, and that was an exercise that said Mike because it, I don't know people are talking about this is the NHL expansion draft, and the Texans were the last expansion yeah. franchise of this league, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I can't remember the exact um, detail of it, but effectively the 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 expansion team can pick players, but you can reserve players. Similar to what you could on the yeah. practice squad last year, you could pick three reserve players that people couldn't pick off your squad, the extended practice squad. Yeah. And and if you were to keep 11 players, I struggled, to be honest. I haven't got 11. <laughs> well, I haven't got 11. 
Who's how many have you got? Give me your guys in, and I'll see what I've got. So I've I've got the new signings. I've got the I've got Cameron Johnston, um, Andre Roberts, um, because you know we've got them now, and they see that they're probably the signings that seem like a good idea, right? So that, let's keep them. Um, I've got I and they're starting to get really really less than less than sterling arguments for for keeping. So I think Lonnie Johnson Junior's looking like he's going to have a good season. I've got good feelings about him, right? I think he's got a good future. Um, Brandon Cooks, because who else, who else are you going to keep sort of in that sort of position? Um, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I I, I I like Justin Reed. I do like Justin Reed. and it, Maybe that's because he just seems like an okay guy, but I'd say let's keep him too. And well, we made that mistake with Merciless, so be careful. <laughs> That's true. I think I said that, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know who else. I mean, everyone else is... I mean, we've got some... People like, like Tunsil, we've got contracts that aren't great, so actually you'd probably want to leave them out of it. Um, what I'd prefer to do, actually, yeah. would be to completely start from a team, a clean sheet, and then actually have an expansion pick. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably end up with 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 a with a sort of more balanced team than we've got. Um, well, I think I think that's where we are, isn't it? Yeah. I think. So was that all your guys? In? You that is it. Yeah. Good. I mean, you have got things like I don't know. You got like. I suppose you got to add Watson this list until he's gone, haven't you? So you got to add him in there because you couldn't let somebody pick him up for nothing. No, but they take uh, on they take on. Yeah, I suppose all you'd be doing is clearing that clearing the cap. But yeah, yeah, yeah you can't have him for. Nothing. Yeah, because I suppose if you had Tunsil in there and you had Titus Howard in there yeah um that takes you to eight i think yeah beyond what you know because i remember last season basically the trade deadline even though they failed to trade guys that they had offers for yeah um i think yeah they basically said everyone apart from watson tunsil and howard were available effectively i think you can maybe make in the context of this season perhaps you can make an argument for bradley roby because he's the only yeah sort of proven guy who's played quality snaps for this team, albeit got popped for PEDs, missed time in 2019 for injury. So really, when you look on balance, you, could, you I don't think you can include him. I do get the Brandon Cooks one, but again, we've, we've shortened the length of his contract to get his caps, his salary cap hit down. Um, so, you know, he's he's potentially not on this team in two years. I think Zach, Cunning, Zach Cunningham was one of the names I wrote down first. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, a guy who's incomplete in pass coverage, a guy who I'm not even quite sure what spot he'll play the three linebackers yeah. this season, and he's on 13 and a half, big deal. Um, yeah, would that be the worst thing if somebody picked him up in, in, in the current state we're in? Perhaps not. He's probably the best player on the defense. Justin Reed, I think you've got Justin Reed, Kiki QT, yeah. and uh, Jordan Aikens are all contract guys this year. I wrote question marks down at all of them, but they're all contract guys. So they could have been up this, this offseason. They haven't been yet. Yeah. Um, they're putting themselves in the shop window, but again, it just shows you there's, you know, guys have probably not met their potential. Um, particularly with Jordan Aitkins, I think is a great, you know, physical specimen. Flash, but you know, last season he just faded away when he looked like he was going to have a career year. He's had, you know, I always remember the touchdown in Sandy or it was in LA and Carson LA when we first started this podcast. It was the longest touchdown by a tight end, you know, and for a long, long time. And it, you know, he, he shows it. But there's three guys there who have got potential. Um, and not, and I suppose the only other one you could probably say Max Sharping is, you know, potential considering where he was picked, and you want to let, let that play out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess you know, yeah, <laughs> it's slim pickings, I suppose. 
Was there any other guys you had potential? Not really, not really. I mean, what what, what kept coming back to was, you know, in 2021, average is the new good, isn't it? I mean, we've, we we haven't really got that many standout. We haven't got any standout players. No, we we wouldn't put anybody yeah. on the back of the jersey. So now now the, the the new peak is is average, and average is usually pretty replaceable, right? Well, that's it. I think you've got you know people are talking up Charles Amenahu, great guy, had the delight of meeting him, um, but he can't play the run. He's not sure he can play the run. He can show he can pass rush, but nobody's quite sure. He's a bit of a tweener. Yep. Um, obviously, you got Blacklock, Greenard, um, and then you got all the rookies this year. Um, yeah, I mean, like they, and- Blacklock, I really like the look of, um, but last you know didn't really didn't really come through in any meaningful way. I don't think. Well, that's it. And I, I think he's, he's, you know, his pad level was all over the place. Yeah. Didn't play. You know, it's been beaten to death. But he's like one of the most important players in this roster. And I, and I think that probably it gives a, an element of the sentiment of where this roster is because you've got a guy who's shown zero that you can, you know, potentially say could be an NFL caliber player, starting player yeah. um, in your lineup. And he's probably, you know, in the top four or five most important if you think of players that aren't going to be here in a year's time or are going to be here in a year's time because a lot of these guys might not be. Um, and then Desmond King, Philip Lindsay, again, they're on one-year deals. So, you know, the Texans haven't made a commitment to them. So, therefore, I, I don't think you could put them on that list, really. Um, and then you've got, you know, you've got guys um, just like Brevin Jordan, Mills and Collins. There's only three picks, really, this year that you think might have a chance to contribute. You might you might be proven by Lopez or Wall. I can't see it. Maybe potentially Lopez. But, yeah, it's slim picking. I mean, it's, a, pick, real, it's it? a real spin. This is a real spin. But I think... Maybe the fact that they've got so many players on such short con- contracts is actually strategically not a bad thing. You know, you, you've got you, you haven't got any stars, <clears throat> so you, you can we can we can move things around a, a lot between now and, and the following season. There's a whole a whole lot that can change. You can have a whole different team by then. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, I think if if Watson goes at some point this off season or or some point before the start of the next season, um, you know, litigation is not due to start after the Super Bowl. So right, you know, yeah. By all intents and purposes, you, you, know, you can't trade them now. We already made that mistake with Clowney, and I think yeah. you know we're one bad. You know, or, or, you know, I think we've, had, we've we've all had more than enough of bad trades, right? And yeah. they must be sensitive to that. There's no way they can't be. You know, um, if they if they don't want people to, you know, charge charge the entrance at the office, you know, you couldn't you couldn't ship Watson out for pennies on the dollar. You cannot do that in any way. And I don't think Casario would do that because he's quite an analytical, smart guy. And I think he understands he has to leverage and maximise that value if he's going to have a chance to turn it around. And he'd lose he'd lose a lot. Another bad trade would lose. The, it would just be the end for a lot of fans, I think. You know? Yeah. I'd put myself in that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, and like, and you wouldn't put it past them, you know, when you've got bad influences and, and you know, and, and egos and whatever you want to call it in the building that's going to, you know, negatively put us in a spot where we, you know, we try and justify it, you know, that toxic positivity, whatever you want to call it, you know, and I think it's, it's easy to, easy to see a scenario where it's probably, you feel, I mean, whatever he goes for will not be enough. I think that's just, it's just what it is. But, um, you know, I could see a scenario, Mike, where in, you know, 18 months time, um, there's maybe, you know, less than five or six guys on this roster, you know, you know, Starting caliber players, contributors. There's less than five or six guys that are here now. Yeah, I, I totally keep, agree. The, the turnover may be constant. We we'll still have merciless though, right? <laughs> well, no, he'll be done at the end of the season because they re, they reworked no, him, didn't they? I'm uh, joking. Yeah, we gave him that bonus, didn't he? And I think you know that, and that's the sad thing about it. You basically got a guy there who, and you got you know Randall Cobb. Um, you got an, 
You say that again? They've put some service in. I mean, he's, he's put some service in. He's not been terrible. Yeah, but I think you've got guys like that. You're just saddled with these horrendous contracts. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's a lot. I think that the cleanup job's probably not even started. It's like we've just put some bandages on, hoping the roster to me looks like you've got loads of experienced guys in to try and steady the ship yeah. and see what you could do. And if, could Watson be a miracle worker again and actually just be solid all, you know, all year round? Because, you know, if you look at the special teams, you've got Frank Ross come in. As you said, Cameron Johnson, Andre Roberts, two of the biggest contracts you, you, you committed to was a punter. And a kick return specialist, so it shows you the focus they want to have on that side of the ball. So, you know, they wanted to be solid, I think. And 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 I, I was even use the word congeal because it's not really, a, it's not really <laughs> solid, but they wanted to get enough sort of steady pros that you know Watson could maybe make a make something of, and then you know gradually build thereafter. But um, yeah, I think it's it's all been thrown there, mate, and it's a bit of a sorry sorry mess. Because I mean, I I keep going back to the point of you know special teams might be the best element of the team to watch yeah but as it pertains to your division how are we going to be any better against you know two run heavy teams in indianapolis yeah and tennessee and jacksonville who've potentially got the best quarterback coming out of the draft in the, over a decade yeah i mean i think the jags jags are looking like they might have i mean there's it, it's always a might have but i think if things fall into place for the jags i think they might have a surprisingly good season um you know, and they, they're the team that traditionally we could look forward to playing. <laughs> but um, no, it's not, I, I'm not, yeah, we're, it's quite interesting because um, all of all of the different, all of the different networks come up with their sort of divisional um, predictions. Um, and, and there's a few of them where they don't even mention the Texans. They just talk about the Colts, the Jags, the Titans, in that sort of order, or Colts, Titans, Jags. Yeah. There's no mention of the Texans. It's not even worth mentioning. There's, there's literally nothing, nothing good going to come out of the Texans. And um, yeah, I don't. Know. I think it's Tennessee's to lose, isn't it? The division. I think this year. I think you know. I think you know. Can, can I think the question for Tennessee is: Can they generate enough pass rush? Um, yeah. You know, is Bud Dupree, Danico Autry that's coming for the Colts? You know, can they? You know, obviously you have got Jeff Simmons in there. He's a great player, but obviously needs help if you're going to you know create space against their five linemen. But I think for for me, it's. They'll just continue to run the ball. I watch Derek Henry, Henry steamroll as long as his body holds up. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you've and then you've 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 obviously got the, the guy from Wisconsin. I forget his name. The running back at the at the Colts. Um, going to keep keep giving you every week. You you know you play them. I and look, we were quite close to all those teams last year. But yeah, I think Jacksonville maybe takes a step forward. You know, there's a lot of young, good quality players on that team. Um, you know, they're still building. Um. And I think the biggest question for Indy is just, you know, does Wentz find some semblance of form, um, you know, just to keep the, keep them on the field long enough that they're not relying too much on that defense. But I think best roster in the division for me, Mike, is is Indianapolis. But you know, probably most chance to win because they could be so potent on offense with a ground attack and Julio Jones coming over with AJ Brown on the outside that it just looks like how are we going to defend against it? Yep. You know, the, the those offenses you we might be able to hang with. Indy, if if Wentz doesn't quite work out, but you know all yeah, three offenses, you can see it, see them taking points off as easy. You know, Wentz is solid he's, as long as as long as he's sort of injury free. I think, you know, I, yeah, I, I I totally agree. I think their rosters are, are good rosters. I still say, and this might just be me going off at a massive tangent. I still think the Jags are a good wild card, though. I think if things just fall into place for the Jags, I think that they can surprise a few people. I really do. Well, I mean, they seem to beat Indy every year at home. Yeah, so, do. you know, you think like, so <laughs> So you think, you know, and it just it just takes a couple of, and you know, look, you've got that extra game this year, which for us is probably the worst year to ever have the extra game, right? Um, 
But you, you can see all three of those teams getting, you know, somewhere between the window of eight, ten wins maybe for the Jags. But then, you know, Indy and Tennessee have got potential right up to 11 or 12. So yeah. out of a 17-game stretch. So, you know, whereas for us, Mike, I, I can't see us. You know, unless, we can, unless we can find ways to defend the run. Um, but I, I just can't see, if it is Tyrod Taylor playing, how we're going to, you know, stay on the field for long enough and the defense just doesn't collapse. Because that happened so many times last year, didn't it? Yeah. Just we, we looked okay. Uh, we kept putting up points, but we couldn't stop them. And then all of a sudden, teams just ran it down our throat. Yeah. And it happened so many times. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh game, you remember that last year? Yeah. And there was they were literally the worst rushing attack in the league, but they dominated us in the third and fourth yeah. quarter. They figured, they, the figured us, they figured us out. They figured out, figured out how to unlock the defence and then just did it yeah. over and over. Um, yeah. And that, that's that's depressing. I mean, uh, it just comes down to personnel, doesn't it? I think it's just, you've either got talent or you've not. I think it's that simple. You know, people can try and convince themselves. I, I created an Instagram account for this pod and look, it's been good. There's been some great people reached out. Um, but some of the content on there, it's just all fluff hype pieces, isn't it? You know, it's like, uh, it's like a press release. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's not saying a lot, but people seem to engage with it. Um, yeah. And you, you know, I see all the time people talking up, you know, guy X or guy Y and you think, on what fundamental base have you come to that conclusion? <laughs> Apart like from hope, just hope. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah it's hope. It's hope, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, in a, in a way, this is where this is where the Texans need to be really careful. And I think that they have been. They haven't overplayed any cards. They haven't. They're not overdoing the the, the hope part. If they overdo the hope part, they're just going to have a, a lot of really disappointed people. They need to manage those expectations. Um, and I, I think. I don't know what you think, but they they don't seem to be overdoing the the hope. They don't seem to be over overplaying their chances at all. It's um it's all been fairly muted. Um, I think that's probably a deliberate thing. Yeah, I think it's funny how they sort of cut Watson out the videos and tried to sort of highlight other guys, and it just feels like they're flogging a dead horse. Yeah, I do feel sorry for a lot of them, but interesting it's... though. I went on the um, I went on the NFL shop rather than, than directly through the Texans, and um, you go you look at the Texan stuff, and it's still what it's still Watson. It's like, come on, guys! <laughs> I'm mopping yeah. up tears here. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and I think yeah, we, yeah. Until you start to play games, I don't think you truly move on, do you, from no. you guys? So, no. um, you know, and you, people need to see replacements. But it, yeah, it's hard to see that. You know, even you know, the falsely or self-generated hope in some of these guys i don't know where that where that's going to come from if we're if we're struck you know if we do you know put up a one or two in season where do you think it's in that one to five range mike or oh absolutely you see the wheels coming I off i don't see more than i don't see more than five five is it five would be good for me i would be yeah yeah be delighted. i'll take five now yeah and, yeah and if we took them all maybe towards the end of the season so if we had like a curve and things were starting to look good at the end we can come out of the season feeling like we had we saw some improvement and that's where i think you know if we come out of the season feeling like we we had some improvement and there was some tactical nous and and things there were one or two players that stood out that we might want to hang on to then we could go into the off season feeling a bit better about it, um, but if we if those wins are just scattered across the, across the season, or, or even worse, if they were all up front and then it just got worse, um, then I think then then it be a, it'll be a depressing season, a very depressing season, one that I will only get through by blaming people. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I mean, how you know how, how I've asked everybody this, but would you rather just hit the fast forward button now and get to the draft, or would you, or do you want to see the 
some some green shoots come out some of the misery but i think the 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 whole you know and i was looking back at it like the, the top picks in the last year or you know and they get and the quarterbacks that have emerged in one year i mean you know if you think baker mayfield emerged in one year jury's still out i mean hell of a roster he's got around them now he's got no excuses but you know limited you know limited room for maneuver i think he's he's had it um you know he's had all the chance he'll get um you know if you think of Guys like Joe Burrow, okay, got injured. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, these have all been one-hit wonders. That's been the new thing. You know, people traditionally wouldn't have touched them, and everybody would have told them, "You need to go back to school for another year." Yeah. But now these guys are coming out. So, if we're relying on a one one-year wonder, um, that makes me uncomfortable. There is definitely a couple of guys in there that people are certainly um, Sam Howell from North Carolina, and you've obviously got you know the guy who Spencer Rattler. Who there's just something about him I just don't like. Um, and I, you know, I don't think I'd want him to be my quarterback, you know, regardless of all the kind of stuff you got at Watson. But you know, do you, you've got to be careful what you wish for. I think's the point because there's been there's not a lot of guys that have gone to the top but right at the number one or number two of the draft to be the best. You know, I think if you look at you know you had Andrew Luck who went number one and lived up to that. Yeah. Um, the jury's probably still out on all these guys in the last few years, so yeah. they don't come around often. The sure things. So yeah, it's a tough balance, isn't it, between tanking. And people thinking you're automatically going to luck and you're going to fall into something um, versus, you know, being okay and, you know, being within with a chance to get a really good player to start rebuilding, you know, piece by piece. That is not, there's, there's not, an, it's not an easy answer, is there? There's not, there's no one solid, this is the best way to do it, do it I, I guess. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fast forward. I wouldn't fast forward to the draft. Um, I, I, I want to see how this team setup performs under adversity. <laughs> you know, I want to see the back office. I want to see the front office. I want to see how the how the organisation performs. Um, you know, it goes back to people like Easterby again, doesn't it? You know, we we can we can look back and we can blame O'Brien. We can blame Easterby. We can blame McNair. But we need to have we need to have a season where we know we're not going to do good. We've got some players that we want to we want to blood those players. We want to make sure that. We'll see see what we get out of them, um, and we look forward. We can look forward to the draft, and we can look forward to the end of the season. But I think it's important to get the season and 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 treat the season seriously. Um, we've got to right. We've got we've got to have some we've got to have some pride, and we've got to show some pride. Otherwise, you know, it's just not. It's 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 looking it's looking bad. But it, if we if we have a season that where we tank early on. But actually, we show some, like I say, we show some improvement. We show some backbone, and and the organisation looks like it knows what it's doing. Then I think I'll come out of the season feeling better. I really do, and I think that that's an opportunity. Um, and then we can talk about rebuilding, and then we can talk about all of those things and build yeah. that narrative that that's going to maybe resonate with with the fans. Uh, we can't talk about rebuilding now. We can't because it's not a rebuild. We're not there yet. We're not yeah, there yet. We're not even there yet. Yeah. Um, but I think this season we can. We can get this season out of the way. We can we can show the fans that we've got an organisation and we've got we've got coaches that that know what they're doing at least. You know, making the best out of a bad bunch, right? That's a terrible terrible thing to say about a bunch of actual people who are playing a game. But um, if we can get to there and and build some credibility, come out with some credibility because we, we we've just got no credibility coming out of last season that whatsoever. I would say. If you can build we've not built any with the moves either, have we? I think. No, not not really. But we've we've had our hands tied, you know, pretty much. I don't think there's a lot. We had. Could we have done much better than we've done in the off season? I don't. I don't know. We've kind of had our hands tied, and we've not really been the most enticing place for players to come to either. 
So we just need to build some credibility, and then we can start talking about rebuilding. And then I'll be, and then I'll be, I'll be looking forward then to the draft. I think. Yeah, yeah. You want to see just a couple of irons in the fire come out and maybe find the odd player here and there that yeah. you can start getting the semblance of some kind of roster that looks like it can be competitive at this yeah, level. Even, but... even if we come out of it, maybe maybe being able to list confidently between us, list five players that we'd want, you know, putting on a list so that so that uh, an expansion team pick didn't didn't take them. If we could list five players that we were that we're happy with that. One hundred percent, we want to hang on to for a couple of seasons. Then I think that that would be a, that would be a good place to be. Yeah, cornerstones. That's it. People that build around. I think exactly. That's, that's you Someone that sells shirts, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, and, I, and that's the thing. How do you sell it? I think. And um, have you got any hopes for Davis Mills? Not really. No. <laughs> I, I've, I think I've learned. <laughs> I think I've learned not to not to get my hopes up too much at the moment. Yeah. Um, so no, not really. I had my hopes for a couple of players last season, and and those those hopes were dashed um, by mediocrity. Um, Who were they? Well, I said I I I kind of I I thought that our defensive line was going to get its act together. I really did. I I, I yeah. genuinely thought our <laughs> yeah. defensive line was going to get its act together. I thought this is the thing that that is our you know one of the the key things where we get we get unlocked by other teams, our defensive line, um, and you know. I thought, and this was obviously before Watson had decided he was clearing out as well. But I thought, if we can just protect Watson a bit better, if we can just if we can be solid and 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 he gets sacked a little bit less. And I know a lot of that was down to him moving around, but that we could, you know, if we could get a defensive line that could deal with that, then 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 we we're looking good. But it just didn't didn't happen. Didn't work. Made no difference. Um, and, and yeah, no, Kool Aid. And and I'd you know. There are so many articles talking about, oh, you know, I really fancy, oh, you know, Blacklock's going to be brilliant when he, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be great. All these, and didn't, not, none of it really sort of, none of it really came to be. So I think I'm coming into this season, not drinking the Kool Aid and just being like, yeah. let's see what we see. If I, if I, if I see something good, I'm going to celebrate that. But I'm not going to have any expectations. It's unfair yeah. to go into any. It's unfair to have expectations on any player in this team. <laughs> at the moment. Well, that's it, and I think the, the tape doesn't lie, does it? And no. I, I know texting thoughts he says all the time. It's just like it's uh, it is what it is, you know. And I think you can you can play highlights and you can put st- you know you can see you know look at this and you're great in it. But um, it's what they do down in down out. What do they do when they come on the field? Do they contribute? And you know you got enough guys to do that. Yeah, they're more effective and a more organised way than your opponent. Yeah, my, my expectations are no longer to be brilliant; they're to be credible. <laughs> Let's be credible. Let's be let's be yeah. a serious team that people think about, and and if we can come out of it not being not being you know the wor- you know the worst the worst roster in the NFL, if we can if we can maybe come out of it feeling a bit better about ourselves, then let's 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 do that. Yeah, it's the biggest thing I've learned. I think going from one side because I think we went from a Gary Kubiak cycle of there was still a lot of talent on the roster and it was yeah. left in a good place. Yeah. And it kind of meandered, but it just got slowly got the life drained out of it, and then we're kind of at a point where we're we're short, you know. And I think you just have to face that. And I think last season, it was on the slide. Nobody, you know, intervened. It continued to slide, and it's now even worse place than it ever should have got itself to. So, yeah, you've. I think I've learned you, you can't you can't hyper you can't pretend what people are. They are, you know, they are what they are, unless you know there's improvements around the margins, five and ten percent here with the competition, but. You know, just because you've got loads of guys competing at linebacker doesn't mean one of those guys is going to necessarily be a star. It might happen, but um, and that's why you play the games, and that's yeah. why these guys are out there to prove themselves yeah, and get yeah. paid. But um, but they might not get paid here as well. And I think that's the thing you've got to remember: there's no guarantee these guys will sign because you saw that with Tyron Matthew, didn't you? You know, yeah. 
we probably should have kept him, did not use him in the right way. And look, at the time, I was, you know, more than happy to see him go. And I was the hindsight's 2020, goes on and, you know, all pro where the Chiefs wins the Super Bowl, makes another one <laughs> in those two years. So his career's gone a completely different trajectory since he left here. So, you know, Bradley Roby was a one-year deal, but he came back. But, you know, you've got to remember, these guys will either cost us more than they're doing now yeah. and take up more of our salary cap yeah. until that gets itself fixed. Um, and obviously the Watson. How, how do you feel you. about how do you feel about former Texans players going out there and doing really well? <laughs> how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think Tyron's probably the biggest one. I think, and, but what'll be what'll be so fucking hard is if you see Watson. I mean, because I remember Gary and look Gary Kubiak when he went to Denver yeah. and won a Super Bowl. Delighted from because he gave everything to this you know this ball club yeah. and he didn't probably get enough back in um, in some ways. Um, obviously, it took a while to get there. Uh, but I think I think it was almost the opposite in this sense, where perhaps he was maybe hamstrung by some of the talent he was given around. You know, he had a couple of three, you know, three or four cornerstones on either side of the ball, but they didn't continue to add to that and draft well. And that, you know, the later draft round picks caught them out. Um, but I think if you go and if if, you, if if Watson was to leave and then goes and win it with somebody else, and that's going to be tough to watch. I think. Yeah. Um, that's you got to be your biggest fear out of all this, isn't it? You know that we, yeah. you know, sail into mediocrity, whatever picks we get. You know, and this is my big, you know, I keep coming back to this. You could take all these picks um, and not necessarily hit on a lot of them. Yeah. And then you could see the person who you got all those picks back for um, go and have a really successful career. And, uh, you know, that's, that's that's quite a daunting thought, I think. Yeah, all he needed was better service. I'm sure. I'm sure he needed was better service and he would have just kept getting better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the, you, you, yeah. Yeah, you you wonder, you wonder what if when it all come out in the wash. I think because as you said, we've we've probably seen such a tiny percentage of all the rumblings that's gone on. Yeah, um, absolutely. It might come out one day. It might be fifteen years from now, and we'll all find out exactly what happened um, behind the scenes, or you know, on a massage table, or whatever it might be. <laughs> uh, you know, not to make light of that, but I think it's um, you know, there's just there's just a hell of a lot going on. It's a hell of a lot to take, um, and you know, I. You don't want to dim people's expectations. As I've said, I'm only managing my own because uh, I, I was guilty of that last year. But yeah, you've got a ways. Have you got? Are you got any coping mechanisms for the season apart from just uh, cracking a couple of extra be- beers per quarter? Or how are you gonna? How are you gonna manage it? Uh, aside from beer, um, yeah, I think I said before, blame, blame. Yeah, right. <laughs> if it's going wrong, I'm, I'm gonna be blaming people. But I'm, I'm gonna be just enjoying, just the small things. You know, if we, if we, if we put together some decent runs of play and if we if we make some ground and if things are looking shaping up like we're we're, we're credible then I'm going to enjoy that I'm not expecting I'm not expecting wins I'm expecting periods of play where we look like we know what we're doing and if we can get those those quarters where we might dominate quarter or something then I'm, I'm I'll take those I'm, I'll take those that's really sad yeah that's sad. yeah I think <laughs> yeah it's going to go back to basics isn't yeah. it and I think it's going to I think we've been used to like you know okay it was ne- Watson never really really reached his full potential or what you thought was it until last year, so you're going to take a huge step back on offense. You just got to hope the defense can be serviceable, yeah, um, a- enough to keep you in games with it where you're not asking the offense to put up you know forty points and be in a game you know because that happened far too many times yep. in the last couple of years. So because they're not, they're not going to be capable of doing that, you know, that's obvious. Um, so it's yeah, it's going to be a real a real shift, and I think it's going to, it's it's part of the change and we're. Hoping for better days. I keep telling myself, Mike, it's all cyclical, and you know, the good days will come back it around is. at some point. Uh, 
But uh, yeah, it might just take a bit longer because you know the average cycle of an NFL team is three to four years, isn't it? Uh, just by the, the definition of you know the rookie wage scale. Um, you know, some hit, some don't, some you got to let go. Um, but if you don't hit, one year contracts. You know, we, yeah, we 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 don't we've got a couple of, in a, in a year's time we we've got a different team. There's, yeah, I think so. Know, we don't have to. We're not necessarily lumbered with everything that we see this season. Yeah, I think yeah, I think change will be our constant until we. Yeah. We uh, either luck or or be you know or, or or build something steadily, but I think yeah, as you said, one of your contracts it basically means your three to four w- windows start ticking, you know, starts ticking next year. So you're probably, yeah. you know, a good while away from it if you can last, if you can if you can stick with us. Um, but we'll keep coming back every week to try and find those positives. Like, that's it. I don't think we're going anywhere um, at this stage anyway. We'll certainly want it. You know, I think you've made a commitment to this team and. There's a lot of great people reaching out and just saying actually how much they've enjoyed the show in the off-season, just kind of making sense of it all. We've had some great people on. Great to have Mike back on. Thanks very much for Mike for his time. Always a pleasure um, to have him on. Been too long, mate, but thanks thanks for this week. Thanks, for- thanks for everybody for listening and um, and come out and uh, we'll hopefully we'll be back next week uh, for training camp eve and then we'll have some pre-season games to talk about in the not-too-distant future. So, um, it's come back around pretty quickly. There's not a lot of training camp time before games. Um but football is here. There's about three or four teams back at training camp. We'll be back next week um, with a show to talk about the players returning back in the building. But thanks very much for listening. If you haven't checked the stuff out on podcasttexas.com, please do share, like, and review the podcast if you can. It helps people finding us. Numbers are great this offseason. Really enjoying the people reaching out. And it's been uh, their strength in numbers and all this kind of stuff. So thanks again for listening. And we'll catch you again next week. Mm-hmm.